CSIS warned Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that invoking the Emergencies Act would push Canadians to believe that, quote, violence is the only solution to what they perceive as a broken system and government. On day 18 of the Emergencies Act hearings, Windsor Mayor Drew Dilkins was presented with a document from CSIS indicating that the intelligence service cautioned Trudeau prior to invoking the never-before-used act, warning that its invocation would, quote, galvanize protesters toward violence. And as education workers in Ontario return to work Tuesday, a school board is demanding that the government discourage values such as respect for country and Judeo-Christian morality. Struggling with high food prices? Federal Finance Minister Christia Freeland says, just cut out your Disney Plus subscription. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, November 3rd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Jasmine Moulton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. On day 18 of the Emergencies Act hearings, documents revealed that Canadian intelligence officers told Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that invoking the Emergencies Act would lead some protesters to become violent toward law enforcement officials. Under questioning from convoy lawyer Brendan Miller, Windsor Mayor Drew Dilkins was presented with a document from CSIS that indicated that they cautioned Trudeau prior to invoking the never-before-used act, saying that its invocation would galvanize protesters toward violence. Take a listen. I just want you to see that. So on that document there, on February, or February 3rd, CSIS assessed, there was no uh, indicators that known IM, uh, IMVEs, and I take it you know what that is, uh, actors were planning to engage in violence. And then if you scroll down to the other bullet points, it states on February 13th, CSIS advised that the implementation of the EA would likely galvanize uh, the anti-government narrative within the convoy and further radicalize of some towards violence, referring to the increase in violent rhetoric following the declaration of the state of emergency in the province of Ontario. Furthermore, CSIS advised the... Thank you. Furthermore, CSIS advised that the invocation of the EA by the federal government would likely lead to the dispersing of the convoy within Ottawa, but would likely increase the number of Canadians who hold extreme anti-government views and push some towards the belief that violence is the only solution to what they perceived as a broken system and government. Following the invocation of the EA, CSIS briefed Cabinet and reiterated the potential for the EA to increase anti-government views and violent ideologies, including in those not yet radicalized. Now, can you agree with me that you would never want to uh, do anything that could create further radicalization of extremists within the city of Windsor? Is that fair? I'm, yeah, I'm going to object, object to this question on this document. Withdrawn. And object to this document being yeah. put to the mayor. With, withdrawn. I'm done. Thank you, sir. So in prior testimony to the commission, OPP intelligence chief Pat Morris testified that there was no evidence of violence that had occurred on the part of the protesters throughout the convoy, despite well, multiple acts of violence on the part of law enforcement officials when clearing the protest. But despite this public safety minister, Marco Mendicino, he accused protesters at a February 16th press conference of committing, quote, acts of violence. And Mendicino even went as far as to accuse the protesters of threats of rape towards Ottawa residents before having to walk back his accusations after not being able to present supporting 
evidence. Jasmine, what do you make of what was revealed at this uh, latest sitting of the inquiry? Because it does seem like the government is pushing some sort of a narrative here, does it not, in these documents? Well, it certainly seems like the government was looking to justify, in retrospect, its use of the Emergencies Act, because a lot of Canadians had images in their mind of Freedom Convoy protesters singing songs like Kumbaya and on Bouncy Castle. So certainly it would justify, again, in retrospect, their use of the act. Yeah, I mean, definitely to see CSIS give that warning, I don't know whether that's fair or not in terms of basically saying, look, you've got some people here who they may not be violent now, but they're kind of on the precipice of it, they're hot for violence, or what have you. I don't know if they were just talking about uh, policing best practices, or if they actually felt this was the case for people on the ground there with the convoy. It seems like they're both making a good point, but also perhaps uh, unreasonably characterizing convoy participants as uh, one sort of spark away from an actual violent riot. Well, that was why you saw a lot of memes on social media from Canadians across the country saying, I've seen better de-escalation tactics from the McDonald's on Rideau Street just a couple blocks away. So certainly it doesn't seem like the best choice if you wanted to de-escalate the situation. Oh, geez, I got a lot of stories about that McDonald's. We will save that for another day. Um, but on in terms of related stories, Ontario Premier Doug Ford not going to be testifying in the inquiry after all, after a federal court judge uh, rejected Ontario lawyers' arguments for having Ford summoned to that. Jasmine, it's really interesting to see that we've had the mayor of Ottawa testify, uh, federal government officials, cabinet ministers, uh, pleased to do it. Uh, Premier Doug Ford, though, really wanted to pull out all the stops to not go up there. Why is this? Well, he's in the unique position of being one of the politicians that was re-elected following being in government during the pandemic. So he's got a pivot here, and there are certainly political implications to wearing the blame for some of these pandemic policies that, in retrospect, were fairly heavy-handed and quite harmful. So I think he's probably trying to not associate himself with too much of those policies. And Jasmine, we got a lot coming up still throughout the rest of the week with these inquiry hearings, some highlights in terms of who's testifying, uh, which ones are standing out to you. Viewers can look forward to seeing some police officers from the OPP, Toronto Police, and the Alberta RCMP. They're all scheduled to testify this week, along with protesters from the Coots border blockade. As more than 50,000 Ontario education workers returned to work today following a strike that closed schools across the province, a True North exclusive revealed that a school board is demanding the Ontario government remove a clause from the Education Act saying that teachers' duties should include encouraging, quote, love of country and Judeo-Christian morality, unquote, among other values. Citing inclusivity and diversity, Halton District School Board's Board of Trustees Chair, Margot Shuttleworth, wrote in a letter to Education Minister Stephen Lecce that Section 2641C of the Act was, quote, contrary to equity and inclusion in education policies. The full wording of the section in the Act that the Board wants to remove says it requires teachers to, quote, inculcate the precept and example of respect for religion and the principles of Judeo-Christian morality and the highest regard for truth, justice, loyalty, love of country, humanity, benevolence, sobriety, industry, frugality, purity, temperance, and all other virtues, unquote. 
True North reached out to the school board for clarification on what specific items in the clause were of concern and how the section was contrary to the principles of equity and inclusion, but did not receive a response prior to publication. The Halton School Board recently received international coverage after it was revealed that a transgender teacher at one of its schools was wearing giant prosthetic breasts while teaching students in class. The board never addressed the concerns of students and parents, instead saying they stand by the teacher. Now, Anthony, since when are love of country or Judeo-Christian morality controversial topics? Well, that's a good question, Jasmine, and it would be interesting to have gotten a response from the school board, from the trustee, uh, from those True North questions that we put forward. Maybe we'll still hear from them and we'll be able to update listeners to this, because what is the actual problem? With that, with that section of the act, with that phrase that you described there, they don't really describe what their particular issue with it is. How do they actually even conceptualize that part of the act? I just see it as teachers should keep in mind that these are some guiding principles in how you teach kids, frugality, uh, justice, loyalty, love of country. It's not something that they're necessarily beating into the kids with, uh, you know, didactic uh, speeches every day, but it just is, you know, part of the undercurrent of the system. And What's the problem with that? They've never answered that. Yes, and certainly as a graduate of the Ontario school system myself, I wasn't overtly aware of these values being underlying the curriculum or the teaching in those schools. So it certainly seems like they're doing some digging here to uh, to find issues. But Anthony, I think our listeners will notice that there are a lot of wacky stories coming out of this region, uh, certainly with the Holton District School Board. But is this a larger problem in schools in Ontario, but also across the country? Well, I mean, I, I don't think we have the time to go over the recent reporting True North has done on, to your point, wacky things that are happening specifically in Ontario schools. We've written a bit about that. Uh, we've written about the shelving of the controversial census with its uh, overtly hypersexualized questions and odd race-based questions. We understand that Edmonton School Board is doing something very similar. Yeah, we got a problem. These stories just keep on coming. Now, these obviously are not the only problems plaguing the Ontario school system. There have been in-class learning disruptions for the last four years, and certainly students last week had missed some class, and things aren't looking promising. So should parents anticipate another strike in the near future? Well, that's a good question. Only the unions can answer that. But I, I did note at their press conference on Monday when they talked about ending their strike action, they said, yeah, another strike could be around the corner pretty much if we don't get what we want right away. So that's that's alarming to hear. So parents, brace yourselves. As fears of a recession loom, a True North story reveals that low-income households in Ottawa are struggling to put healthy food on their tables due to rising costs of living. An Ottawa Public Health report says they're even going into further debt because of it. But wait, there's a solution, according to Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland. Here are the controversial remarks that she made about how Canadians can deal with these rising costs. I personally, as a mother and wife, look carefully at my credit card bill once a month. And last Sunday, I said to the kids, you're older now, you don't want to watch Disney anymore. Let's cut that Disney Plus subscription. So we cut it. It's only $13.99 a month that we're saving, but every little bit helps. And I think every mother in Canada is doing that right now. And I want to say to all of those mothers, I believe that I need to take exactly the same approach with the federal government's finances, because that's the money of Canadians. So yeah, I think 
we do, we need to spend, we need to spend to support Canadians. We need to spend to invest in growth, like investing in the green transition. But you're right, we need to do it carefully. Yikes. And as if that response didn't get her into enough hot water, here's how she answered the follow-up question. Regarding uh, your comment regarding uh, Disney Plus and Canadians, uh, in some instances, calling that out of touch um, uh, with Canadians in general. Um, and I was wondering if, if, if you could comment on that. Um, of course. Look, I think... Uh, I want to start by really recognizing that I am a very privileged person, for sure. Uh, like other elected federal leaders, um, I am paid a, a really significant salary, and I know that that puts me in a really, really privileged position. Wow, Jasmine, I don't know if Canadians are going to think that that explanation made anything better. Especially, Anthony, when you consider that there's a 40-year high in food price inflation, and the finance minister certainly wasn't shy about mentioning her six-figure salary. So Canadians are right to suggest that that wasn't maybe the most empathetic response from the federal finance minister. No kidding. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.